following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Prescription for Success with your host, Dr. Emil Haldi. Each week, we come through the myths and facts about health and wellness in order to bring you the best advice and the right information that you need to live an incredible life. Now, here is Dr. Emil Haldi. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Prescription for Success. This is your host, Emil Haldi. We have prepared a terrific show for you. Today, we'll talk about autoimmunity. Yes, autoimmunity. Your immune system is everything. In the old days, every big city had a tall wall built around it with massive gates. The bigger the wall, the bigger the gate, the more protected the city was. As a parallel to your body, the stronger and the more balanced your immune system is, the stronger you are as far as fighting diseases and living a better and bigger life. Think about it. A huge amount of nasty, bad conditions start because of the malfunction or imbalance of the immune system. If you fix or optimize your immune system, you greatly enhance your health and you could live a bigger life. Did you know that there are over 100, yes, over 100 autoimmune conditions out there? So that means that there are a ton of conditions that are there because of the imbalance of the immune system. So keep listening and learning. There are some great solutions that we'll be discussing here today on how to balance your immune system to live a healthier and a happier life. I want to make an announcement to our listeners about a very special event that we're putting together on October 10th. In April, we lost a very dear friend, Victoria Bernstein Roden, to breast cancer. She was only 36, very, very young. Vicky fought a tough battle for eight years. She was a talented nurse practitioner, a person full of life. She left behind two, two toddler twins, a husband, her parents, her brother and a sister. And we want to keep her memory alive, especially for her twin boys who are just now turning two. Our company has partnered with Gabriel's Angels, uh, Angel Foundation for Cancer Research and Spirit and Flesh Magazine to raise awareness about cancer and to fundraise funds. I want to ask you, our listeners, to help me spread the message. Almost every one of us has been impacted by cancer, directly or indirectly. So help me spread this message. Please go to our website at hcompound.com to learn more about the event and to donate. Now, if for any reason you have to stop listening to this broadcast, it's totally okay. You could go back anytime and listen to the podcasted version of this show on voiceamerica.com. Over the past several months, we had a number of very interesting, very educational, engaging shows discussing life-changing information. We talked about healing, heavy metals, and gratitude, and many other phenomenal and amazing things. So check out our podcasted versions, ver, uh, episodes on voiceamerica.com. And don't forget to tell your friends and families about our show. Now, my guest today is a very special individual, Dr. David Bornstein. Dr. Bornstein is the founder of Manhattan Integrative Medicine. He's New York's leading integrative and functional medicine physician, board certified by multiple medical associations, such as American College for Advancement in Medicine, 
and American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. Dr. Bornstein combines the best of traditional and integrative medicine. Welcome to the show, Dr. Bornstein. Thank you. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure and honor to have you, and I'm looking forward to a great discussion. Me too. Pleasure to be here today. Yeah. So, Dr. Bornstein, you board certified in quite a few specialties, not necessarily related to each other, and your career path is very interesting. From Israel to U.S., from physiatrist to integrative and functional medicine, tell our listeners more about yourself. Sure. I'll give you a little background. Uh, I grew up on Long Island, New York. I went to medical school at the Technion Institute of Technology in Haifa, Israel. I did a year of internal medicine at Staten Island University Hospital. I then did a year of training in radiation oncology at Westchester uh, County Medical Center. And then I did uh, rehabilitation training at SUNY at Stony Brook. After I graduated uh, the residency program at Stony Brook, I was board certified in rehab medicine. I did a lot of work in rehab, but I always had this interest in integrative medicine. So I, I was able to work for an integrative medical center. I loved what I saw. I did additional training. I opened up my own integrative medical practice, and I've been doing this for about 19 years. Wow. So you're one of the pioneers of uh, integrative and functional medicine space. I know there, there are many more doctors these days specializing. There's actually a residency program for uh, integrative and functional medicine, but you were one of the folks who pioneered this in many ways. Oh, yes. Um, when I was uh, getting involved with this, there weren't that many integrative uh, doctors, and it wasn't looked upon very highly. It was actually something frowned upon by mainstream medicine. And to some extent, it still is. But what I'm happy to report is there's definitely some more inroads by integrative and functional medicine into mainstream medicine. And I think that uh, path will continue, especially as more and more people demand these services and ask their, their own physicians for a more functional medicine approach to their health care. Yeah. So you, you are uh, board certified in specials. Uh, specialties in medicine, which one is your favorite? You're a physiatrist, you do functional medicine, integrative medicine, and I, as I learned about your career, you do a lot of other things. What's your favorite specialty within medicine? I'd have to say, uh, without a doubt, a combination of the functional medicine and regenerative medicine. I think those are the, my, uh, my two favorites. I think that's where we can make the most progress and help the patients uh, uh, the most, without, without doubt, without a question. I would agree with that. I, I love functional integrative medicine and uh, and also regen using our body's ability to regenerate itself. It's actually miraculous when you see the results. Oh, absolutely. You know, we have a lot of patients who come see us for uh, knee pain and back pain and shoulder pain. And they've been through uh, the works. They've been through everything. They've had, uh, you know, arthroscopic surgeries, for example. They've had uh, steroid injections, physical therapy, chiropractic, acupuncture. And then we use some of these regenerative medicine techniques like prolotherapy, PRP, or stem cell, you're, you know, you, you're, you're actually taking a functional medicine approach and you're fixing the root cause of their pain and voila, they get tremendous improvement. Yeah, very rewarding. So I know you treat a lot of autoimmune conditions, but before we dive into that, can you share with our listeners some basic facts about the immune system and how it relates to autoimmunity in general? What I'm about to say is very, very simple. The immune 
system is extremely, extremely complex. It's very hard to to talk about each individual part of the immune system because it's such a complex group of actions that are happening in our body at any one time. But basically, the immune system is there to protect us from foreign uh, elements, bacteria, viruses, parasites. Um, and the immune system, you know, is finely tuned and it attacks basically anything that it perceives to be as foreign. So when the body starts attacking itself, we call that an autoimmune or self-immune uh, system. And just about any part of the body can be subjected to an attack by the immune system. So what are some of the foreign um, intruders that potentially uh, cause this autoimmunity? Well, it could be anything. It could be, you know, uh, bacteria. It could be a virus. It could be a parasite. Um, one of the theories that we have in functional medicine, which is not yet accepted in mainstream medicine, is the concept of the leaky gut. And the leaky gut is basically when the intestine, and I want to stress the importance of the gastrointestinal system that contains at least two-thirds of our immune system is located there. When the intestines become increasingly permeable, um, there are uh, microorganisms and toxins that could actually leak through the intestinal wall. And this can cause an autoimmune uh, reaction as the immune system tries to fight this. What about some other things such as, uh, as far as foreign invaders, such as uh, toxicities that we are exposed to in, in 2019? Well, I mean, I mean, we're exposed to so much toxicity here in our in, in the environment. We're just full of them. I mean, everywhere you go, there's going to be there's going to be uh, toxins in an industrialized society, and we're certainly exposed to this every every single day. Whether it's through our food, our water, uh, the air we breathe, so it's it's everywhere. And I I think that if you look at the amount of autoimmune cases. In the last uh, several decades, it certainly has has increased. It certainly has not come down. So there's certainly some link uh, between these uh, toxins and um, pollution and elements and autoimmune disorders. So why do you think it's increasing? I hear this quite often from a lot of doctors, and everyone agrees that there's so much more autoimmunity. Is that because we're more toxic or we're diagnosing things better uh, or perhaps something else? I think it's a combination of both. Um, I mean, we've, we've been always been able to um, to diagnose autoimmune diseases in the last twenty or thirty years, but I definitely think that uh, there is more awareness. But I think there's certainly more toxins and uh, more evidence or more episodes of this leaky gut that's causing people to have more autoimmune uh, disorders. And again, it's just increasing. It's it's not coming down. Yeah. So I heard some doctors make statements and, and, and some, some people raise their eyebrows. They say, well, you actually are responsible for causing your own autoimmune disease. Do you agree with that, that we are ourselves um, causing the disease? Look, that's a pretty bold uh, statement. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't think that we're causing, you know, look, can you, can you blame your genetic um, makeup? Can you blame your parents and grandparents because you have an autoimmune disease, which is also an important component of what do you mean? No, I don't think so. I mean, this is the environment we live in. It's it's unless you want to live in the middle of nowhere where you're not exposed to anything, 
and not have cars and not have uh, exposure to to fertilizers and chemicals, and then maybe you reduce your risk. But most people live, you know, in the civilized world, and we're going to be exposed to these things. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. It's it's uh, it's still I, I think epigenetics or our environment plays a major role, but it's pretty bold statement to say that we are hundred percent responsible. There's um, obviously genetics, and I totally agree with you. So keep, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying it's it, it certainly is genetics is an extremely important uh, part of this, as well as sex. We know that uh, females, by a overwhelming majority, get autoimmune disease uh, in greater um, greater incidence of autoimmune disease than men do. Why do you think that is? It's hard to say. I mean, um, is there a genetic component? Is there a hormonal component? Uh, it's it's kind of hard to say. Yeah, yeah. So this this applies to uh, our obviously our mothers, our sisters, and all the females in our lives. And if you're listening, if you're a man listening to this, make sure your your uh, important ladies in your life are tuning in. This is an important discussion because it impacts more women, but of course, men impacted are, are impacted as well. So um, it's a very very serious. Uh, uh, set of conditions. So let's talk about that. What are some of the uh, common? There are over a hundred autoimmune conditions. Oh, there's, there's plenty of them. For example, yeah. um, some of the more common ones that I, for example, I treat is Hashimoto's thyroiditis. That's mm-hmm. probably the most common autoimmune disease that I treat. This is when antibodies attack the thyroid tissue and then cause uh, thyroid dysfunction. We all heard of rheumatoid arthritis and lupus and uh, inflammatory bowel disease. MS is a very big one. Diabetes is a big one. And then you have um, some of the neuropathies of the uh, of the nervous system um, and uh, vasculitis. These are less common, but definitely you know part of the autoimmune uh, conditions. In my practice, the vast majority of my patients that I treat for autoimmunity are going to be Hashimoto's. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also have a number of patients with um, Crohn's disease, inflammatory bowel disease, and uh, multiple sclerosis. And some patients who come to me for treatment, for example, for psoriasis, which is which is also can be autoimmune. Yeah. So can you give our um, a kind of a brief description of each of the conditions, or maybe top three conditions, top three to five conditions? We have a, a mix of listeners. We have uh, people with doctorate degrees, do- uh, doctors, and uh, we have general lay public. So just maybe to keep those folks engaged and uh, make sure they, they follow us. So, some, what are the symptoms of Hashimoto's? Okay. Basically, Hashimoto's are, go- are going to cause destruction of the thyroid tissue. And that's going to lead to symptoms of low thyroid. That can include things like fatigue, weight gain, hair loss, dry skin, constipation, water retention, sensitivity to cold. It can even lead to depression. It can lead to, um, it can contribute to carpal tunnel and plantar fasciitis of your foot. So one of the things about the thyroid gland, um, if your thyroid's off, you're going to feel awful. I mean, you're not going to, you're going to have difficulty getting out of bed in the morning. You may crash in the afternoon. You may get increased energy at night. Um, And this is, again, an extremely common cause of uh, patients not feeling well and it's a component that can lead to a chronic fatigue sort of uh, condition and um, it can be addressed but you have to know how to diagnose it and how to how to treat it yeah yeah what, what are some of the um, symptoms that you see with lupus 
I know it's a very common condition as well. Well, lupus can affect any part of the of the body. So, for example, it can develop the lung. It can develop. The, it can hit the kidneys. It can hit the joints. It can hit the skin. So, basically, what is lupus? It's the attack of the body antibodies against your body's own DNA. So anywhere there's DNA, lupus can show up. Yeah, pretty, it's a pretty intense condition. Um, MS is, uh, is, is a very nasty condition as well. And uh, um, I'm per- personally interested in this because I know um, heavy metals could mimic MS symptoms. Uh, what is your experience with MS patients and what, what symptoms do you see? Well, MS, MS could also uh, be confused with Lyme disease. I mean, this is the, uh, it's when the, basically what MS is, is a myelin sheath. There's a, there's a sheath over the, over the nerve and the multiple sclerosis is when antibodies attack that sheath. And that can cause things like uh, pain, weakness, uh, visual changes, muscle spasms. It can cause problems with urination and, um, the symptoms can be mild, they can be moderate, or they can be extremely, extremely severe. And a lot of my patients who come see me are taking immunosuppressive drugs, and they're trying to wean off of those immunosuppressive drugs or reduce their immunosuppressive drugs. And that's where I try to help them improve and uh, you know improve their immune system to reduce the body's the, the body attacking the the nerve sheets. Of, uh, of these patients. Yeah. So um, a while back, I was fascinated. I read a book by uh, Dr. Terry Walls. Dr. Wall is a family physician who unfortunately was impacted by MS herself. And uh, she was wheelchair bound. Her disease uh, progressed to the point that she became wheelchair bound. And she was actually, uh, she's writing about this in her book, that she was concerned that the hospital would let her go because she would be to the point where she's unable to serve her patients. And then she decided to change her diet uh, to start exercising. And towards the, um, as she went on the on the road to recover, she actually uh, definitely started walking. Uh, and she had she sat on her bike and uh, rode the bike for 18 miles, and uh, is giving TED talks and going around the country to educate folks on proper detox, proper diet, and how to basically live with MS naturally, which is very powerful. Absolutely, and that's one of the things that I stress in my practice, the importance of diet. It's, it's what you put in your mouth can make a tremendous difference in, in autoimmune disease, and in health in general, but particularly in autoimmune disease. Remember, we're using a diet now that is full of processed foods, uh, genetically modified foods. This is not the same diet that we had two, two generations ago. I think the food was... You know, it was better, more wholesome, uh, certainly uh, less in the way of pesticides that can contribute to a lot of these uh, these, these debilitating uh, diseases. So the first thing you want to do in any autoimmune disease is work on the patient's diet, keep them away from the processed foods and um, keeping away from sugars and and foods that can, that can um, you know, make the immune system worse. And I think that, you know, Gluten, dairy, um, and processed foods are going to be on the top of the list of things that you have to modify. 
Yeah, yeah, we, we definitely solid, uh, excellent recommendations. We hear it quite a bit, but I want to nudge our listeners to really hear it. And if you are fighting a, a bad condition, you can definitely benefit from eliminating some of these uh, uh, bad choices from your food. So hopefully uh, this little nudge is giving you uh, a push to improve your life. I want to tell something to our listeners. I know some folks listening to us and they are fighting these bad conditions. And what I've learned through my mentors and uh, many, many of them, that success leaves footprints, right? Successful people or healthy people a lot of times have successful habits or healthy habits. So to make that parallel to medicine, if you're fighting a bad condition and uh, it's not really improving, I want to tell our listeners, go on the internet and find people who have succeeded. Read their books. Find physicians, well-qualified physicians who have helped those people and go in and check them out because success leaves footprints. So, if, again, if you're fighting that condition, use that and use that to your advantage in healthcare. Dr. Bornstein, I know that you use a, an integrative approach in treating um, autoimmune diseases, especially LDN. Can you tell our listeners more about LDN? Absolutely. Low-dose naltrexone is something I'm really excited about, and I've used I've hundreds and hundreds of patients who've used uh, low-dose naltrexone. It was actually discovered by a gentleman, by Dr. Bahari, who unfortunately passed away a little while ago. He was a physician, renegade physician in the 80s, and he found that by using a low dose of a medicine known as naltrexone, and we use naltrexone for drug addiction because it blocks opioid receptors, right? If you use it at a very low dose, you can cause a transient, a short-term blockage of the opioids, which can then increase opioid production by several hundred percent for a burst of a few hours. And these opioids can modulate the immune system. And Dr. Bahari, he initially used these on AIDS patients. Now, in... Put, put yourself in 1981, 1982, there's AIDS epidemic, and guess what? There is zero treatment out there. It's not like today. When you got AIDS in the early 80s, it was a death sentence. Think, you know, some of the more lethal cancers. You were gone. No one could help you. So Dr. Bahari was getting a lot of success with the low-dose naltrexone and keeping people alive. He also used it on cancer patients, and he started using it on, uh, autoimmune, uh, on, with, on patients with autoimmune disorders. And then low-dose naltrexone got more and more popular, slowly, but it got more, more popular. And I started using uh, low-dose naltrexone on my patients well over a decade ago, and I haven't looked back. It's one of my most powerful tools to help patients who have autoimmune disorders. It's not a cure. But if you use it in combination with diet and fixing your guts, you can then come up with a very powerful treatment option for treating autoimmune disorders and hopefully lowering or completely eliminated the need for immunosuppressive drugs. So this is very, very interesting. Think about it. When we treat uh, autoimmune conditions, we generally suppress the immune system. What Dr. Bernstein is telling us, with low-dose naltrexone, we use a drug that's used to, for opioid addiction. So when someone is addicted to opioids, we want to block their opioid receptors. And we use a very tiny dose of it, and we block it for a period of time, and then we we do what, uh, we get what's called upregulation, right? You get a burst of natural opioids in your system, and your immune system um, 
becomes more balanced, at least for a period of time. And this is a, a, a new way of managing many autoimmune conditions. Dr. Borenstein, this is a, a, a wonderful, interesting uh, discussion, and we'll be right back after these messages with even greater discussion after we come back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Halde Pharmaceutical Compounding is one of the nation's top compounding pharmacies. We work with medical professionals as well as consumers, both human and veterinary. If you're a patient or a doctor and need to consult us, please call us for a free consultation. Additionally, you may purchase carefully selected quality brand supplements and vitamins at discounted prices at hcompound.com. To schedule a personalized consultation with Dr. Haldi or one of our associates, please email us at wellness at hcompound.com or call us at 646-650-5040. You can also check us out at hcompound.com. Addiction can affect our relationships, our families, our home, and work lives, but most importantly, ourselves. The recovery process can do wonders in the lives of people suffering from active addiction and also for those that love them. It's not just 12-step programs, but so much more. It's learning how to live life on life's terms. If you can relate to these issues or love someone who does, start with yourself. Start by tuning in to Miracles in Recovery with host Ray Lynch, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Hope is in your corner. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Prescription for Success. If you'd like to reach the program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to wellness at hcompound.com. Now back to Prescription for Success. Welcome back to Prescription for Success. This is your host, Emil Haldi. Today, I have a very special guest with me, Dr. David Bornstein, a physiatrist and an integrative doctor. You can reach Dr. Bornstein via his website, davidbornsteinmd.com. So we're having a fascinating discussion. We talked about uh, immune system, autoimmune conditions. Uh, We talked about... uh, lupus, we're talking about MS and, and Hashimoto's. And w- before the break, we touched on low-dose naltrexone, which is called by many the miracle drug of the 20th century. And what's interesting, I want to actually make a point uh, to our listeners. A lot of uh, patients out there, they, they go to the pharmacy and they actually buy naltrexone that's commercially available, and they start splitting pills to get a, a small dose of naltrexone. Um, I want to urge our patients, our listeners, against that because one day you may get one milligram and next day you may get eight milligrams. And uh, also Dr. Bornstein mentioned to me uh, offline, there's a unique way that he is prescribing uh, naltrexone to some of the patients where it's twice a day dosing. Um, can you tell us a little more, Dr. Bornstein? Yeah, absolutely. I just want to reiterate what you said. You've got to be very careful when you're getting 
uh, low dose naltrexone from sources other than pharmacies because a you don't know what you're getting b one thing about low dose naltrexone is it's available in the united states it's certainly not an expensive thing it's not like you know hundreds of dollars so i think it's just worthwhile to get it from a, a pharmacy that actually knows what uh, what they're doing so you want to be careful with 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 splitting pills or using uh, liquid just find someone who knows about low-dose naltrexone, let them prescribe it for you and use it, use it properly. Now, the way low-dose naltrexone works is, you know, the body has opioid peaks in which opioid production is at its max. It has two peaks, two in the morning and about two in the afternoon. So some people, uh, they'll take the low-dose naltrexone at bedtime give it a few hours for the peak, and then you can sometimes give a very small dose in the morning. I generally don't do that because one of the things that my philosophy is to keep it simple, keep things simple, because if you can keep things simple and keep the compliance, there's a definite benefit to compliance rather than trying to technically improve things a little bit better and then destroying the compliance. So for me, I like to keep it simple and keep the patient compliant. And I find that works best for my patients. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So I want to touch on something you mentioned uh, as, as far as selecting the, the right pharmacy to compound low-dose naltrexone because low-dose naltrexone is available through a compounding pharmacy only. That means a pharmacy that specializes in preparing custom medications. So this is for our doctors and for our patients. Whenever you choose a compounding pharmacy, uh, please absolutely make sure that the pharmacy is PCAB accredited. That's PCAB. It's accredited by a group called Pharmacy Compounding Accreditation Board. So very, very important. And then I want to touch on uh, something you mentioned, that keeping it simple, right, uh, and keeping it compliant. We learned that knowledge is power, and I want to challenge our uh, viewers, uh, our listeners, that it's only potential power and becomes real through use. This is Napoleon Hill, the father of motivational literature. So if you are taking action and you are compliant with your medication regularly, you, your condition will improve. Yes, first, be guided by an amazing practitioner who knows no low-dose naltrexone, get it to the pharmacy that's PCAP accredited, and then be consistent in your compliance and you'll get results. So, Dr. Bornstein, I know one of the unique things you do is you'd use ultra-small doses of uh, low-dose naltrexone. Uh, and maybe you could define that for us and tell us for which conditions you use it for. Yes, we've been doing a lot of work now with what they call ultra-low-dose naltrexone. Now, naltrexone, the standard dose is 50 milligrams. Low-dose naltrexone, we use less than 5 milligrams, generally 4.5 milligrams or less. Then we use ultra-low-dose naltrexone. That could be 1 microgram, 10 micrograms, 100 micrograms. We've been using the... Low, ultra low dose naltrexone for opioid addiction. And this is where I think we're going to have tremendous, tremendous benefit. There's a huge opioid epidemic in the United States. It is huge. And unfortunately, it was partially created because we were told when we were training to give the patients narcotics, they're not going to get addicted. It's not going to be any problem. We have to treat their pain. Well, we were wrong. And because we, 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 did, we were wrong, we now have a huge opioid uh, epidemic on our hands, and we have to do something to fix it. I think the ultra-low-dose naltrexone would be an amazing way to help our patients get off of opioids. 
or at a minimum, reduce the need for opioids for many of our patients. We find that by giving them ultra-low dose naltrexone twice a day, we can, after 8 to 12 weeks, reduce, at a minimum, reduce their opioids that they're taking, their dose, in half. And that's a tremendous service to the patient. If we can just get our patients to take half of the amount of narcotics they're taking now, we've done something. And then we can take some of those patients and try to get them off the opioids completely. And that's what our goal is to be. We start off by trying to get them half, quarter, and then get them off completely. If we can get them off completely, that's great. If not, even if we've lowered their dose by a half or lowered their dose by three quarters, we've done a tremendous service for the patient. Wow. This is unbelievable considering the epidemic. This is a major, major issue for our country and everyone as far as uh, starting from politicians to doctors to hospital administrators. We're looking for solutions to, to uh, impact this epidemic in a positive way. So you use ultra-dose naltrexone twice a day for a few weeks. You said four weeks. And you're actually able to decrease the, the dose of uh, opioid, right? Yes, we keep them on. And after after two um, after two weeks, we then will taper 10% every week or 10% every other week. We can do it over a period of 8 to 12 weeks and then follow up and see how they're doing. And then we can try to increase the dose of the ultra-low dose naltrexone and have the patient try to wean off a little bit more. The ultra-low dose naltrexone will actually potentiate the uh, the the, the opioid effects, you don't need nearly as much to get the same analgesic effect. And this way we get the patients off and thus reduce the side effects. And it, it's, it's really something. And I want to stress something. These medications, they're not super expensive. The, the problem with medicine today is we look for billion-dollar solutions when they don't Many times we, we many times we don't need billion dollar solutions. Many times very simple things can fix a lot of our medical issues and medical problems. Simplicity, you know, many times it, it's it's so obvious, but we, we live in a society we think that everything has to be super high tech and super, you know, expensive. We don't realize it. Maybe some of the solutions are right in front of us and they're not that expensive. Yeah. Uh, it, it's actually amazing. I, I always catch myself and I uh, I'll tell this to our listeners and our patients how a common sense approach generally wins quite a bit, right? If something doesn't sound right to you, uh, as far as maybe the food you're eating or the vitamins you're taking, it's probably not good for you. So, for example, a few episodes ago, I had a, a physician, uh, Dr. Salazzo, and he mentioned that he had a particular patient who was obsessed, obsessed with taking a long list of vitamins. And uh, that particular physician disagreed with the patient, and then patient later on developed a, a more complicated condition. So something, when you look at uh, lists of vitamins that are pages long and you've taken it, and you're not guided by a doctor or practitioner, that's not common sense to me. No, it's not. Especially when you're taking supplements, you need to target the problem. For example, if a patient is coming to me with a particular issue or a particular problem, I'm going to target those supplements or those their diet to that particular 
patients need and conditions. We don't need to take 50 supplements a day. But if I have a patient who has heart disease, if I have a patient who has you know, autoimmune disorders, if I have a patient, whatever problem they have, I'm going to target the supplements. And one of the things is if you give a patient 20 or 30 supplements a day, what do you think their compliance is going to be? It's going to go in the tank. It's going to go down considerably. So you've accomplished nothing. Sometimes less is more. Target the problem and you'll be surprised at the results you get. Yeah, I totally agree. And also, I think most physicians would agree and, and pharmacists for that matter. Generally speaking, generally speaking, this is a, not a statement that applies to all. We are not taught uh, about drug-drug interactions of uh, very uh, supplements. And if you start talking about 10, 15, 20, 30 supplements that you're taking, there's a high chance that something is interacting with something and uh, it, it, it may be impacting you negatively. So use common sense and be guided by an amazing practitioner. I cannot state that enough. Yeah, exactly. I see it all the time, especially in this day and age. Um, there's a very famous doctor. He's probably one of the most famous doctors and you, we've all heard of him that everyone goes to for medical advice, and sometimes you got to be very careful. Dr. Google doesn't know you. <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Google didn't do a history and do a physical exam and ask you uh, questions. So sometimes you have to be a little bit careful, you have to be a little careful of getting medical advice from Dr. Google because they, Dr. Google may not know everything and may not know how to find out anything and may not know you. So you have to, you know, use common sense. And, and I, I think the best way is just to find a practitioner who's going to hear you out and listen to you and work with you and help you achieve your health, your health goals. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you for offering this, the, uh, the solution, the useful opioids, uh, opioid uh, situation, opioid abuse. I, I think it's a very powerful solution. It's a very simple solution, relatively inexpensive. Uh, we're talking about probably uh, something that's less than a hundred dollar a month, uh, bill as far as uh, low dose naltrexone and ultra low dose naltrexone. So it's definitely inexpensive and uh, could be a tremendous solution for many people that are faced with this condition. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you see the cost of some of these immune suppressive drugs, it's it's astronomical. It's a mortgage. Yes, yes. So you practice, uh, as you mentioned, focuses a lot on thyroid disease and thyroid issues. Can you tell us about your approach? Uh, give us some specifics. Sure. Um, many of my patients come to me because they either have a known diagnosis of hypothyroidism or they may think they have it. So what I do is I do a very comprehensive uh, you know, history, physical exam, and I get a lot of blood. I'm notorious for doing a lot of blood work. And I look at their, their multiple thyroid parameters. They're free T3. They're free T4, the reverse T3s, thyroid antibodies. So we're looking at all the different thyroid uh, elements in the body. And then when we treat, we're going to treat a little bit different than most endocrinologists do. The vast, the vast majority of endocrinologists here in the United States, what they'll do is they'll give you a medication known as Synthroid. Synthroid contains the inactive form of thyroid. But many patients do much better if they can get at least some of the active form of thyroid, what I call the T3 medications. And when you give them in the proper ratios, and you find these proper ratios through how they're 
how they're responding to the treatment as well as the blood work, you can do so much more than just giving them the, the standard the standard treatment, which is Synthroid. We also use a lot of natural thyroid. These are thyroid that come from the glands, thyroid glands of pigs. Uh, they're various brands, Armor, Thyroid, Nature Thyroid, West Thyroid, Acela, NP Thyroid. And these are what they call natural thyroid. And I find for the most part, my patients do their best when they take a natural thyroid because it very closely mimics the thyroid gland of a human. Can you give us an example of someone who struggled for a while and uh, you, you were able to diagnose this patient with a thyroid condition and kind of how their treatment evolved? I'll tell you a story that just happened with me about three weeks ago. I had okay. a patient of mine. She's, she's visiting from Saudi Arabia. She's visiting from Saudi Arabia. She's uh, academic. She was staying in a hotel a couple of blocks from my, uh, from my office. You know, a thyroid doctor near me and I came up and she actually came to my office, you know, unannounced. She just came to see me. So I just happened to have a free moment. I spoke with her. She is from Saudi Arabia. It's not a place where you're going to find pig products. And she wanted the natural thyroid. So we, she showed me her blood work that she had from, from her hospital in Saudi Arabia. I said, wow, you could really benefit from, from this uh, natural thyroid. So I said, okay, let me prescribe it for you. She took it. She flew back to Saudi Arabia maybe five or six days after I saw her. She sent me this email, and this is like, you know, she feels great. She's losing weight. Um, she's extremely, extremely happy, and and everyone she knows in Saudi Arabia who's going to be coming to New York who has a thyroid issue, she's sending them to me. Just an overnight change with a little bit of natural desiccated thyroid. For years, her doctors in Saudi Arabia were giving her the, the regular thyroid with, with no improvement. And she just lost weight, felt better with just a low dose of the natural thyroid. And now we're making plans to ship the natural thyroid to her in, in Saudi Arabia. We're hoping that customs won't stop it. But um, hopefully, you know, she can continue taking this and, and she's one happy camper. Yeah, so sounds like a rewarding story for you as a doctor, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so let's switch gears a little bit and talk about weight gain, especially metabolic or hormonal weight gain. What do you do for it? How do you approach it? What are your thoughts? Okay. The way I treat weight gain is these are for people who are trying to lose weight, people who are dieting, people who are exercising, and they can't lose weight. That's the patients I work with. If you don't diet, you don't exercise, you gain weight, I can't, I can't help you. I can, I can throw everything at you, but I'm not going to help you. But for my patients, what I like to do is I always check their thyroid panel. And I check two other important parameters. One is called insulin levels, and one is called leptin levels. These are both very important parameters, leptin being a hormone that causes hunger. We know that when the leptin levels are very, very high, it makes it very difficult to lose weight. When insulin levels are high, it gives you insulin resistance. It makes it almost impossible to lose weight. So you have to break that cycle. You got to get it the leptin down, the insulin level down, get the thyroid balance. And then any diet program that you do or any exercise program you do would become considerably more efficient. And that'll help you 
take off the uh, take off the weight. So you go to the basics, right? You, you go down to the uh, to the reason why is the weight gain so hard to achieve? So well, that goes that goes down to the functional medicine approach, going to the root cause of the problem. Why can't you lose? You know how many people I know they diet, they exercise, they can't lose weight. There's something wrong because yeah. if you're if you're restricting calories and you're exercising, why can't you lose weight? There's something wrong. So that's where we go and dive. We dive in. We look at these parameters. We adjust the parameters accordingly. We do our best to treat it. And usually the patient uh, will respond. Now, sometimes it's stubborn. Sometimes it takes a long time. You can maximize their thyroid uh, parameters, maximize and reduce their insulin levels and their leptin levels. Many times it's going to take a little bit of time, but eventually they do respond and they do lose weight. And some people, it's very dramatic. The loss is you know, the snap of a finger and they lose. So we have this wide range of, uh, of responses. But you'd be shocked how many people are out there who are trying and trying and trying to lose weight they can. It's not their own fault. It's just that they have insulin resistance and leptin resistance and their thyroid's off. And, you know, they have two and a half stacks, uh, you know, strikes against them. And we're going to try to take away those strikes to give you a fighting chance to lose weight. That's amazing. So what, what's in your toolbox to lower insulin levels and uh, leptin levels? There are various supplements. For example, the berberine, the alpha-lipoic acid. There's weightlifting, building muscle. There's, of course, metformin. It's a very powerful tool. For the leptin, I've been using uh, some of the um, Trulicity, the diabetes medications. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, while it's effective... Um, sometimes we have trouble getting insurance coverage for them. But if you can work on the insulin levels, if you can work on the leptin levels with some of these supplements and medication combinations, you know, you can really, really, you know, accelerate your ability to lose weight. Yes. I'm a big fan of Berberin. I think it's one of the best hidden secrets in modern medicine because it has a tremendous impact on so many things. Your um, insulin levels and uh, either has effect, uh, an impact on your uh, blood pressure and uh, so many, so many other things. So it's a, uh, I, I think if you have a metabolic type syndrome, berberine is a, is a good addition as a supplement. What do you think? Oh, no question. It's, it's like the first thing we do. You know, berberine is excellent. Alpha-lipoic acid is excellent. You know, we used to use a lot of chromium picolinate. Those, I mean, we still do. But I think berberine and, and, and alpha-lipoic acid, I think, are going to definitely uh, work better. But there's no reason why you can't add things like chromium picolinate to, to the regimen. Yes. So let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, we, talk, we touched on regenerative medicine uh, in the beginning of the show. And there's amazing, amazing treatments such as prolotherapy, PRP, stem cell therapy. Can you define each one of those for our listeners? Sure. Well, each of them are regenerative medicine techniques. The oldest is the prolotherapy. With prolotherapy, what we do is we inject the joints and the ligaments and with a sclerosing solution, usually uh, lidocaine and dextrose. Some people add their own liver oil or B12. The concept is the same. You want to cause a local inflammation in the area where you're having the joint problem or the pain. Growth factors come from other parts of the body seeing this inflammation. They come. They start rebuilding, and you get an inflammatory response. And then you get tightening of the ligaments, 
and rebuilding of the of the cartilage. And you repeat this process several times. And lo and behold, when you tighten up those ligaments, now the ligaments are tight. Your muscles don't have to work as hard to support the joint. Remember those spasms, muscle spasms, for example, of your back? Those spasms are occurring because there's ligament laxity. And the muscles have to work overtime to keep up the stability. But now you're stabilizing the joint by stabilizing ligaments and muscles don't have to work very hard. The pain disappears. The second technique that we use is something called platelet-rich plasma. So rather than using an irritant, what you're doing is you're using growth factors from the blood. You draw blood, you spin it in a centrifuge, you extract the, you extract the plasma that's rich in platelets and you inject the tender areas, the areas of pain. And you, rather than use an indirect method that, uh, that the prolotherapy uses, you're using a, a direct method using growth factors from the platelets to cause regeneration of the tissue in the affected joint or body. The most advanced treatment we're using now is the stem cells. And we can get stem cells, you can get it from bone marrow, you can get it from fat, you can get it from cord blood. Um, but these are the most powerful regenerative uh, options that we have today. I do a lot of work with cord blood. I do a lot of work with adipose. And we, for example, with adipose, we take a little bit of uh, fat from the buttocks and the local anesthesia. We process those cells, we incubate it, we wash it, and then we will inject the painful joints or the painful areas with uh, with stem cells with usually quite quite amazing results, saving a lot of people from joint replacements. So that's... Uh, I'm very proud that I'm able to save a lot of people from joint replacements and save them for surgery. And I always tell patients, try this before, you know, before you go into the knife. It may save you surgery. Yeah. So this is the future of medicine. It's now coming in, in, into use. A lot of doctors are now using it. And I strongly, strongly believe this is the future. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I do it primarily for uh, patients who have... Uh, orthopedic conditions. I have used it on patients with COPD. I just had a patient uh, just treated uh, for dementia. I'm, I'm seeing another patient later this week for um, something called uh, pulmonary fibrosis, which there's absolutely no cure from. Uh, do it for COPD. You can do it for kidney failure. It's not FDA. None of these are FDA approved, and they're all considered investigational. They're not covered by insurance. But the potential for this technology is absolutely enormous, and yeah. you know, can change the world. So, absolutely, this, this is the future of the medicine, Doctor Bornstein. We are having such a good discussion, but unfortunately, our show is coming to an end. We'll have to bring you back another time to have a, even a more sophisticated discussion. Uh, to reach Dr. Bornstein, you could contact him through his website, davidbornsteinmd.com. To learn more about Haldi Pharmaceutical, to sign up for a consultation, give us a call at 646-650-5040 or email me at wellness at hcompound.com. This makes it a show, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to live a happier, fuller, healthier, and a more fulfilled life, you need to be the CEO of your health. You need to be guided by an amazing practitioner, but it's your life. You lead it. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, be happy and healthy. Thank you so much, Dr. Bornstein. Thank you. Thank you.
you for tuning in to Prescription for Success. Be sure to join your host, Dr. Emil Haldi, next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition of the program. Have a great and healthy week.